Are you, like pretty much every parent of younger kids I know, looking for a smart entertainment option for your kids? Designed for kids ages 6 and up, Mysteries About True Histories, also known as Math, How Smart Is That?, is a weekly podcast full of time travel, puzzles, hidden equations, history, and humor. And while kids will enjoy the stories anchored around characters like troublesome trolls, pirate queens, and mysterious aunts, adults can benefit too. I admittedly delighted in learning a thing or two about Pythagoras and triangles in one episode. Every episode follows two best friends, Max and Molly, who work together to solve riddles and math equations during their time-traveling adventures. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code-breaking, pattern-solving, and more, all weaving humor in with education to make learning fun. Episodes drop every Thursday and are about 15 minutes long, a great length for transition times during the day or a bedtime treat. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Coe. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Okay, hello, Edit Your Life friends. Christine here today, and I am excited to welcome a very special guest today, Dr. Michelle Barba. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Christine. I am so delighted to talk to you. You know, I feel like we've had, you know, mutual friends on the internet and then you and I have gotten to know each other better sort of digitally, but this is our first time one-on-one chatting and it's going to be live on the internet. So, hey. And hey, and I am so looking forward to this. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Well, let's start by, I mean, you are well-known to many, um, author of many books, frequent contributor um, to major TV programs, but how about you give us a little bit of a brief bio so our listeners can get to know you a bit? Ah, most importantly, I'm a mom of three boys. I started out as a teacher from way back when. I'm an educational psychologist now. I am passionate about um, the whole concept of resilience. How do we raise up a population of strong, healthy kids? And I've had this incredible opportunity, Christine, of actually being able to fly around the world and work on 19 continents, countries, mm-hmm. five continents in order to help kids. And everybody has the same concerns. We love our kids desperately. We just need a good parenting plan to get the results we're looking for. Yeah. So you have many books under your belt. Can you share how many and um, also the title of your new book that's coming out, your new, your pandemic baby? <laughs> Well, I have 24 books, but the reason for it is I had a teacher who said, grow up and be a writer, Michelle. So that <laughs> teacher was, oh my gosh, Mrs. Nunley, I still love you. But the, the latest one out, March 2nd, is called Thrivers, The Surprising Reasons Why Some Kids Struggle and Others Shine. It is the book that is my passion, and it's all combing the latest research on resilience and what can we do to raise up a good strong generation of kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I had the delight of being able to look at an advanced copy of your book. And, you know, honestly, as somebody, for many reasons, I was fist pumping my way through the through the pages. And also as somebody who, you know, from a metrics standpoint, I was a terrible student. People don't believe that now because I've all manner of fancy degrees, but I struggled so much. So to hear that message that there's 
something more <laughs> was really heartening. And I think a lot of parents need to hear that. Oh, I think that absolutely. Because I think the biggest misnomer we have is that it's all about GPA, rank and score. And that is when it's going to propel our kids to the optimum success. And research is countering that. Sure, GPA can help and obviously gets the kids into college. But we're finding that the kids who really are healthier, happier, and more successful later on in life are kids who have developed these different skill set, a thriver set, and that's what's going to really keep them going forever. Yeah. Well, let's let's dig into that a little bit more. Why do you think our culture has become so obsessed with striving and metrics? Is it simply because those things are easier to quantify and measure? Like how how did we get here? We got here, I think, way back, probably in the Bush era that started us into, uh, it was all about GPA and leave no child left untested. That was mm. the phase. As a result, we caught up the step and we wanted to get right there with everybody because that was what we were being told was going to be the silver lining and the pixie dust that's what's going to help our children. Well, some kids, that's easy, but other kids, my background was special ed. And I started watching some kids, though they struggled and they were all in my classroom with severe emotional and learning disabilities. Some of the kids were shining more. And I found that it was because the parents really identified the child's strengths. Those mm -hmm. strengths were what would help them compensate when they felt down. Strengths is what really builds you up and keeps that confidence level higher. And when you really need to push and keep on going, that's what's going to push your perseverance. So first step is we've got to start helping our kids by figuring out who they are, not what they what we want them to become. Mm, wow. OK, as I as I often say on the show, put that on a T-shirt. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, we have a ton more to talk about. We're going to take a quick break and then return with Dr. Michelle Borba. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age? leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera, which I take every morning. Rituals products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, and Hyacera is clinically proven to reduce fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. Understood is a resource I have recommended for many years to parents looking for support with learning and thinking differences such as ADHD, dyslexia, and more. And I'm subsequently excited to tell you about their podcast, Understood Explains. This season, the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. They cover topics such as how to tell if your child needs an IEP, common myths about special education, and the difference between IEPs and 504 plans. 
I love how Understood Explains breaks down the overwhelm by unpacking an important topic each season and then drilling down further into key basics in each episode. Most episodes are between 10 to 15 minutes, and episodes are available in both English and Spanish. So fantastic, right? To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains wherever you get your podcasts. We are back, friends, talking to Dr. Michelle Borba about her new book, Thrivers, which I am so excited for everyone to run out and buy immediately. So, Michelle, I want to talk about book structure. One of the first things, whenever I look at a book, I look at the chapter. I'm so curious about sort of higher level organization. And you're, I know it's so nerdy, right? I, I look at the, I look at the table of contents, honestly, and the acknowledgments, and then I dive in. So, um, your book is divided into sections for nurturing heart, developing mind, and cultivating will. And then you break those, those chapter, those sections rather are broken into seven key character strengths to help kids become thrivers. I love that it starts by focusing on self-confidence and empathy. And I would love to hear why you decided to structure the book this way. Because I found that so many people now are aiming for grit. We got to just keep pushing the kid, pushing the kid. And what I found is that when I began to interview kids, oh, Christine, that was the better part of writing this book. I got to interview 100 kids one-on-one across Mm. the country, teens, for about an hour each. And I started by saying, I hear you're the most stressed out generation known to man. Every kid said, yep, we are. I Mm. said, well, what's causing it? And kid after kid said, we're really feeling empty because we're pushed to be products and we're missing the piece, one kid said, we're missing the piece like how to be humans. We need that kind of stuff. And when I delve into some amazing longitudinal research on resilience, all of it came up with a commonality that if you really want to start the foundation for helping the kid be successful and happy and keep on going, they need to have confidence and have an understanding of self. So starter one was it was self-confidence. And then I started looking at seven longitudinal studies that have been conducted looking at the same groups of kids, can you imagine this, for 40 years. That's All incredible. of the kids were going through severe adversity, but a third of them were making it okay, halfway through it. And the researchers said, for some reason, they're caring, they're confident. Why? And they began to see that one trait of them was social competence. That's why empathy is number two. Mm. Kids have to have that connection that's tough these days when they've been socially isolated for so long. But I think we've seen empathy as soft and fluffy when all of a sudden we're now seeing it as one of the highest correlations to mental health. Mm -hmm. So there goes empathy. What I kept looking at was the research that said that thrivers are made, not born. What are the skills that are teachable? It's not locked into DNA. And that became, you're probably the only person I know, Christine, that actually looked at the framework of the book. So thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) because it took forever to figure this out. But once I realized what the framework was, you Mm -hmm. start with the heart, then you can go to the mind. Once you got the mind, the kid's going to be able to push a little bit harder. And then finally the will so we can keep on going. But the other thing I realized is that each one of these strengths, what we will be talking about, is also made up of three skills or main abilities. And this is not a thing you're going to do tomorrow, for heaven's sake. Mm -hmm. So your kid is never going to let you read another book. But let's keep looking at these from as a new parenting framework from sandbox to prom and keep on going so we can raise up a generation of kids who can live without us. 
Yeah. And I would assume you would agree that no matter where you are sort of in that sandbox to to prom journey, like there's stuff to work on, right? Yeah. 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 There always is. Yeah. And, and don't go overwhelming yourself. What I really want to emphasize is there's an evaluation tool at the very beginning. Um, and I can give a copy to anybody who wants one on your show. You can just download it for free. But the first step is figure out who your kid is. Mm-hmm. Once you figure out who your kid is, then you can go, I'm going to start with the strengths. And then you start looking at, so what's the one little thing I want to work on this month? And yeah. maybe it's a minute a day for 21 days. If you keep working on as a family, what you'll have eventually is the, the new skill set that they need in order to thrive. Right, right. You're talking about the core assets survey, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah, that is actually something I wanted to ask you about because I thought it was so, well, I love, I also love surveys. Can you tell how nerdy I really am? (laughs) So it of course caught my eye and you write about how kids who understand value and apply their core assets are happier and more resilient. So I I do think that, um, you know, one thing that can happen with surveys is, is I think parents, maybe when they're a little stressed out too, might struggle a little bit. Like how, how do you recommend they approach the survey with an open mind, like being okay that their kid is not going to be everything and that that's okay? That's ex- there's your first premise. You start with, so who your chi- who is your child? In fact, I've got three kids. I'd use a different color pen set for each one. And mm. each kid is going to be different as night and day. You're not grading your kid on this. That isn't the goal. It isn't to get, oh, he needs every one of these. Your goal is to look at it with an open mind and say, who is this kid? What does he love to do? What does he gravitate towards? What builds his passion? Because once you know his passion, he's going to have a sense of purpose. By the way, Bill Damon studies of kids going into Stanford right now, only 20% understand who they are and have a sense of purpose. He said that's why they're tanking. Mm. They may have unbelievable GPAs that are, you know, in the ozone layer, but they're feeling a sense of emptiness because we're not following their passion. So there's where you go. And if you have a teen, I just did this this morning, a mom and a teen together. I said, do them separately. You go do them. Your child's going to go do them. She was 15. Now put them together and see if you agree. And she said it was the most fascinating thing. I overlooked some of the things she was teaching me about herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting. You know, and I think that we're in as painful as this time right now is. I think we are in an unusual time where we have a little more space to reflect and assess. And, you know, I keep thinking, I actually have an article that's coming out soon. Um, and I, t- I write a lot about the self-directed passions that kids are mm. discovering right now. And it is, it's incredible. Like, I mean, there are tons of examples. I'll, I'll link it up. Um, assuming that it's live by the time, you know, we are here, but there, there is hope even while things are really hard right now. If we take advantage of it, we go, let's go for it. Because to just piggyback on what you said, Emmy Warner's studies on resilience said one of the most highly correlated factors is the kids have hobbies. Mm-hmm. So they have something to decompress with. And when I asked the kids, what are your hobbies? They all looked at me like, who's got time for a hobby? <laughs> well, here's the moment of, you know, everybody's so activity focused. The hobbies are what the rest of their lives they're going to just go back to. It could be music. It could be knitting. It could be woodwork. It doesn't make any difference what it is. But find that child's passion. And uh, that chapter one is going to help you figure out what are passionate kind of qualities and then start, if he doesn't have one, introducing them Mm -hmm. and figuring out what he likes, what he doesn't like. 
Many families are doing family hobbies. Let's try this together and see if it helps the kids or uh-huh. better yet, helps us. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And I, you know, it's so interesting. I, I don't want to take us too far off topic, but I find that there's an interesting parallel to sort of adult culture and striver culture, like um, with people, if you get good at a hobby and everybody assumes, oh, you should turn that into a side hustle. Like I decorate cakes recreationally. And anytime I share one, people are like, you should have a business. And I'm like, I just want a hobby. I have enough yeah. businesses. Like, yeah. So, you know, it's something to think about in modeling for kids too, I think. The hobby helps them decompress. Mm-hmm. So if I looked at the seven traits that matter most during this pandemic, Self-confidence is certainly one of them. But number three along the way is that they also have to have self-control. An ability we're seeing with mental health needs just skyrocketing. Focusing ability is going down because when your mental health goes up, your focusing ability goes down. But what all the kids were saying is just teach us some things we can do. Not when you're around, one kid says, don't just give me a koosh ball. I can't go carrying them out a koosh ball the rest of my life. Things that I can do anywhere in any place. Some kids, it's music so that they actually put on their iPad. One girl said, I finally found a playlist. I I use Mozart when I really need to just calm down. I said, what do you do when you make it? She says, oh, I crank up Elton John. I'm still standing and I start pacing around the house. I want to be friends with that girl. (laughs) She's wonderful. She's a 14 year old. She said, I love to read too. I said, what do you love to read? She says, Agatha Christie. I went, you've got to be kidding me. She said, no, my mom, she had these extra books around the house. So I started to pick them up. Reading is another way, but any way that we can help our children learn any kind of a skill. And it starts with just recognizing what your child's stress signs are, Mm. what your stress signs are, walking around the house and not giving them time out, but being able to say, I'm getting angry. Okay. How do you know? Well, I guess because my hands are in a fist or I'm breathing really hard or whatever the stress sign is, now you say, good for you for telling me. Now mm-hmm. let's figure out what to do so you can keep it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Well, so I want to talk to you about something very practical and actionable because that's what our listeners love. You know, um, you talk in your book about what you call attention robbers. And I was so, um, I loved this because you're talking about things like you know, food being overscheduled, screens, unrealistic expectations, sleep deprivation, you know, and I think the reason this caught me my eyes because obviously these are very common issues for a lot of kids and teens, and they're things that you can try to chip away at, like, and improve. So why is it so important to you that parents help kids make positive changes in these categories? Because what we're finding is that focusing ability is critical. Mm-hmm. That keeps you attending that's going to help you be more successful in whatever the task is. Right now, kids can't focus because they're multitasking. Whatever they tell you that, that's okay, mom, I can text and talk and and draw and do everything. All of the research counters it. So what you want to do is help your child realize that if you can focus a little more on whatever it is and get rid of the other stuff for just that time, you actually will help you create that flow state so you can be more engaged and be more successful with it. Now, the trick is you got to figure out what's robbing your kid's attention because mm-hmm. it's going to be different from each child. So it may be tuning in a little more. One of the big things that we forget is leaving a TV on, says the APA, just three doors down can still be a robber for some children mm-hmm. who don't have that focusing ability. Uh, 
just that key can be very, very helpful to a child. So that's one thing is watch your child a little more. It's not going to be an overnight answer, but it's going to be there. And then it's getting your kid engaged in it and saying, let's lay this out now so that when you do your homework, you can focus 100% and then you can go back to it, the next thing you need to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I really, again, feel like there are a lot of parallels for adults, you know, things adults can mm-hmm. learn from your book. Yes, yes, but yes. Yeah, I just feel, feel like the multitasking is a real problem right now. So I think those are just such, you you talk about those things. So um, they're just such great tactical elements that I think parents can work on, you know, to make change for their kids. So that's so great. Okay, well, I, we have a couple more um, topics I want to ask you about, Michelle, and we'll do that after a quick break. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. Okay, welcome back, friends. We are here with Dr. Michelle Borba talking about her wonderful book, Thrivers. Please go order it. We'll add a link to our show notes. Um, so, Michelle, you acknowledge, you know, one thing I like about your book, one of the many things, it is real talk. <laughs> and in each chapter, you actually directly acknowledge that each character strength brings challenges, you know, in teaching them to kids. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it. So what would you say to parents who feel a bit daunted by the prospect of helping their kids develop all these strengths while they're dealing with the very real demands of the sort of evaluative school elements that everybody is sort of used to? Number one, when I chose the seven strengths, I was very, very picky. They had to, each of them, be scientifically proven to boost resilience. But I knew there was going to be a backlash, but how is this going to help my kid I don't have time because I he also have to help him in the school. Each trait also helps him become a peak performer in the classroom. It mm. will actually enhance his attention or his ability to be successful in school as well as in life. By the way, each of these traits is also recognized as a 21st century skill and will 
help kids be more productive in terms of mental health. So it enhances their mental health. That's the first thing. Relax, parents. The second thing is- <laughs> I love it. Relax. The second thing is, don't you dare try to do it all. I want you to ideally choose one thing. And here's the tip of tips. The best way to teach any skill is by showing your child, not telling him about it. Mm. So I would say right now, we all do need all of these strengths. In particular, I'd say go to seven. We need optimism. Start helping your child be a more optimistic thinker, but don't teach your child. Teach it to yourself and then do it as a family. The mm. simplest one on optimism, I learned many of these, Christine, because I was working on army bases for a while uh, and commanders said, you've got to go talk to the Navy SEALs. Navy SEALs told me one of the simplest things they do to keep their arousal down and their cognitive abilities up is first, number one is, we already talked about it, they identify their stress signs. Right before they go into battle, they know what their stress signs are. Immediately when stress starts to build, they come up with a positive statement to say inside their head. Like, I got this, I'll mm -hmm. get through it, it's gonna be okay. It sounds, sounds kind of soft and fluffy, but Navy SEALs are doing it. Then what they do is take a slow, deep breath, one, two breath. It's gotta be, they said, one slowly rise up, like from your deep in your abdomen. I tell kids, it's like you're riding up an escalator, then uh -huh. stop and pause. I just did it and I'm like, I've been practicing so long. It's the fastest way to get a relaxation phrase. It's like immediate. Now I stop and I exhale. Navy Steel said that's when we do it all wrong. The yeah. exhale has to be twice as long as the inhale. Do it slowly, do it deeply, and keep telling yourself, I got this. They said, I swear to you, it gets us through a battle. And when, I that's love amazing. that because I tell that to teens. And when I say, here's what the Navy SEALs say, they buy into it. Now, I'll how do, you do, I'll do or... whatever the Navy SEAL says. Exactly. <laughs> okay, I got it. But here's the thing. I'm saying, how simple is that? It's a one-two breath. Mm -hmm. When a parent says, I don't have time, yeah, you do. You just do that a minute, a few times a day with your kids. You just add it to your agenda. And if you can't remember, tell your most verbal kid to be your reminder. Mom, we're supposed to be doing that one-two stuff. Mm -hmm. And pretty soon, it'll become a habit. Then you can add the next and the next. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think, you know, the other, the other element you mentioned, the sort of positive self-talk or messaging, like that, that, that's real. That, that works. I don't know. I do that. <laughs> yeah. And here's, Christine, here's the other thing that's wonderful about that is that if you, the mom say, oh my gosh, my kids are becoming negative or I'm becoming negative, then start saying it out loud to yourself. So your kids eavesdrop. I got this. I'm getting frustrated. I got this. I'm getting frustrated. I've got this. If mm -hmm. you say it enough, what happens is your voice becomes your child's inner voice. Mm. They start copying it. And it's so simple. It helps you as well as your child. Each one of these strategies, there's about 300 of them. Don't you dare try all of them. <laughs> try one that's going to work for you because they're all scientifically proven and they're easy. Yeah. But in the end, you got to buy in on a because it's going to help your kid become a thriver. Yeah. And that's what yeah. you're looking for. Yeah. Thank you for saying don't try to do it all. That is exactly what our listeners need to hear. So my um, the last thing I wanted to ask you about is obviously we're we're still in pandemic life. And I'm curious if you think like you wrote the book, you know, some time ago and now it's coming out, you know, of the seven character strengths, do you feel that any of them are more challenging than others to tap into in the face of the pandemic and like the way our worlds are restrict restricted or 
the flip side, you know, do you think any of them are riper for exploration? Personally, I'm wondering well, about perseverance because, wow, everything is really hard right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes. And interestingly enough, two seconds ago before you called the Today Show wanted me immediately to get on because that was what all of the superintendents say they were concerned about. Mm. When you're, here's a little point that I think is really essential. I discovered there's a multiplier effect, Christine. Every yes, parent always this. said, mm-hmm. which trait matters most? I always say self-confidence if you want to start with one, because now you're starting with your kids' strengths as opposed to their weakness. But then don't worry about which one to add next. Add something. Because when you put any two strengths together, it multiplies them so they're far more like a superpower. Any three together, like if you add confidence plus empathy plus optimism, oh my gosh, you've got a kid who's who's unstoppable. You Mm -hmm. add um, a confidence plus perseverance plus self-control, you've got a kid who's going to be able to stick to a task much longer. What we've done is put our emphasis too much on just one single trait. Uh-huh. So they multiply together. As for your, which ones I'm concerned about, perseverance is one of them. But I'd say the other one that we know is harder to do is empathy because uh-huh. our children are distancing and they don't have that personal interaction. Mm-hmm. Does that mean it's impossible? <laughs> You've got to be creative mm-hmm. because you can certainly have kids do face-to-face contact if they have an ongoing buddy. Books. Oh my gosh, Christine, all the greatest book research we now know is why kids love wonder, why they love Harry Potter. Yes. It's because it's literary fiction. They can get into the shoes of the character and that actually instills and... <laughs> multiplies actually the part of your brain right behind your ear where compassion is. Read together as a family. Uh Uh, Service projects. I know you can't go out there in the real world and do service projects, but you can bake extra cookies and give it to the neighbor next door because you feel that she's all by herself. That's going to boost empathy. Uh We can do this. We just have to spin it a little more, realize which of these traits matter most to our kids, which ones are kind of challenging right now, and find ways to get around it so we can help our kids thrive. Yeah. And I think, as you said, just just start, just pick one. You know, it's it's we all have to begin somewhere. Well, so at the end of each episode, Asha and I share something we call your next edit. It's something very actionable that listeners can consider doing straight away. And Michelle, I would love to know what your next edit is for this episode. My next edit for regarding the thrivers. Yeah, the, like, the like a key thing for a parent to, to consider trying today. Well, the first most important thing is a key thing to try is realize thrivers are made, not born. Mm. The second thing is just take an index card, real simple, and start watching your kid without him knowing you're watching. <laughs> and write down what he loves, uh-huh. what interests him, what he gravitates towards. What does he say? Mom, I can't come to dinner right now. Can I just finish this one little thing? Mm. We're not talking Fortnite. We're talking other things that are real and invigorating. And I think what it'll do is it'll give you a plan that you can begin to go, I've overlooked these. I need to start acknowledging them or I need to start stretching them because there's where his confidence boosters are. Oh, that's fabulous. I love it. Michelle, thank you so much for giving us your time and your wisdom and your energy. You're just fabulous. And I'm just so proud to know you and so proud that this book is coming out. Thank you, Christine. It was an honor. Okay, friends, you'll find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned at edityourlifeshow.com. 
And this week, we'd like to know what is an activity that lights your kid up? Hop over to facebook.com slash edit your life show and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page. Or you can chat with us on Instagram at edit your life show. And we'd be delighted if you would take a moment to review our show on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, whew, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us.